Hey there, bitches. Welcome back to And World Peace. I am your host, Maggie Gelson Burnett. Ah, I'm so excited today. We have another former pageant girl joining us, and yeah, it's just the best when I get to talk to somebody who has been where I've been, you know? It's great. And we get to gab and talk a bunch of shit about pageants, and ah, uh, I just love it so much. But before we get into today's guest, you know the drill here. A couple of housekeeping items. The first is that Anne World Peace is now on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Peace. This is a way you can support the show on a monthly basis while gaining access to exclusive content. The second way you can support the show is through Spotify listener support. This is done directly through Spotify if that is your listening avenue of choice. And of course, you know, the last way you can support the show is by doing what you're doing, by listening and, you know, maybe sharing this with friends and family or on social media. Let's get into today's guest, who I'm so excited for this one. We have Carrie Ann Cashon joining us. She is an entrepreneur specializing in e-commerce and Amazon selling. Under her company, Cashon Enterprises, she has created multiple brands on Amazon, including the pageant crown box brand, The Traveling Miss. In addition to managing her own brands, she has also led the e-commerce departments for multi-million dollar brands such as Hoover, Dirt Devil, and Warner Ladders. I met Carrie Ann through Instagram probably five or six years ago, and we were both really just in the thick of our pageant careers and really just vying for our state titles and doing basically every single thing that we could to achieve that. And we talk about that on the show today. And so it's amazing to catch up with her and just kind of see how much our lives have changed and see how, you know, much better off we are maybe for for maybe not having won those titles. So it was such a treat to catch up with her and to just learn more about her life outside of pageantry. And yeah, it was a delight to have her. So without further ado, let's welcome Carrie Ann to the show. Carrie Ann, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to have you on the show. You're actually my, let's see, I think my second pageant girl who former pageant title holder who has joined the show, which is, you know, sort of ironic, I guess, because the show is named after, you know, after my experiences <laughs> in pageantry. But uh, so I'm super excited to chat more with all of the pageant girls of the world. Um, so let's get started by doing, let's do this first. So let's talk about your start in the world of pageantry, how you got there and ultimately where it led you at the end. Yeah, um, was not one of those that grew up with like the Miss America mom that like got them in the teen program. Like that's a common path. That was not my path. Um, I was like a gymnast most of my life and then transitioned into cheerleading. And so my whole thing, my whole life was like gymnastics and then eventually cheer. And so my goal was always like, I want to be a division one cheerleader. And you probably get this being a division one twirler, mm -hmm. but yeah. like, yeah that was my only path. Like I, I did not do pageants. Like I not even on my radar, my mom made me play great uh, piano growing up. So I hated that shit, but <laughs> not related to pageants. Like she was just like smart girls play piano and you have to do this. And I was like, this sucks, but right. like definitely not a pageant girl. And in fact, I was quite the tomboy growing up. And so ended up actually going to the university of Oklahoma, becoming a cheerleader and within my first year, I had already had a number of concussions going into OU, but I got another one 
did not tell anyone about it because I did not want to sit out because that's kind of how it goes and then got another one the following week. And so like, couldn't hide it. Like that everyone knew the athletic trainer knew the doctors knew very long story short. It was a really tumultuous recovery. It took a long time. Like freshman year of college, I'm having to wear sunglasses indoors, trying to like meet people. And they're like, why is this girl wearing sunglasses for the entire time? Like couldn't remember people's names, couldn't talk very well, like just a slew of problems. And so it definitely like shook my world in the sense of this, like the path I've been on, I can no longer be on the OU athletic doctor was like, there's not a single chance I'm going to release you to cheer again, like the next year. And I was like, where do I go from here? Like, this has been my life, my, like my whole life. This has been my goal. And it's just like stripped away very quickly. And I I was like, I was in a sorority, just like I knew you were. And I had a lot of sorority sisters that were in pageants, mm-hmm. number of Miss Oklahoma's. And there were, someone mentioned Miss OU. And they were like, well, you know, if you don't even win, you get scholarship money. And like, I didn't have any scholarship. I wasn't cheering again. And so I was like, excuse me, how do, what all do you need to do? Like, how do yeah. I sign up? And they were like, well, the biggest thing is like, you have to have a talent because it's Miss America. And that's always the struggle of people that haven't done pageants is they don't have a talent. And I was like, oh, like I, p- I played piano my whole life. And they're like, no shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perfect. So I did Miss OU. That was my first one. And I mean, I, I don't remember exactly how much scholarship I got that first time, but like had a good time, was starting to like regain skills. I had been, I had lost with my concussions, like a lot of speaking skills. It was just like practice. And I didn't really know anyone in it. And it was just like a great opportunity for me to be like, okay, this is my like, like, this is almost like my like therapy, like my physical therapy, my occupational therapy to like get back to normal, get some scholarship and like meet some cool people. And then just like kept going with it. And eventually just was like, man, this is like the great opportunity. I really fell in love with the just like the volunteering side, the like getting involved in your community side, being able to speak at, at events in your like super small town. Like I love that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, long story short, wasn't a pageant girl, but just like fell into it. And then I was like, okay, there's, there's some stuff here that like is really exciting. Mm, yeah. That's amazing. I, I find that there is a a mutual sentiment for a lot of pageant girls where <clears throat> they sort of quote, fall into pageants in a way. And, and it might happen when they're older, it might happen when they're younger, whenever, but that is definitely how it happened for me and how it happened for a lot of my friends who, who did pageants. So you were a first runner up, second runner up to miss. Third. It's always like confusing. Cause you're like, was I fourth or was I fifth? Right, was I- <laughs> yeah. but no, I was, I was third runner up. Okay. And that was in 2018. Correct. Is that right? 2017, I believe. Okay. Got it. Because we got connected through Instagram, I think because Mm -hmm. of our mutual interview coaches, I believe at the time. Uh Mm -hmm. So, so that's a, that's a decent chunk of time that you spent competing. That's a a good chunk of, of years that you spent competing and sort of pageantry almost became this thing that after you have this sort of identity crisis of like, I can't cheer anymore. I can't do the thing that people know me for. I'm going to start doing this other thing. And then it it sort of felt, you know, as sort of an outsider looking in that people came to know you for that thing then. Mm-hmm. So when 
when that all ended, how did you know it was the time to, to hang it up? Like, did you age out? Was it, was it, you know, a, a, a decision of this just isn't for me anymore. It's not working. What kind of led you to that moment? I would say this parallels. I don't know if I'm getting to the question that you ask other guests of like the unraveling. I have, yes, yeah. <laughs> I would say this answer is going to be the same of that yeah. question, which is like, so the first year I went to Miss Kansas, I was third runner up. And that year I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't trying to win, but I was like, I know this game. Like I know it enough to know, like, I don't know it all to think I can win. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to like test the waters, see how this works and see if I want to keep doing it and actually like dive in. And I would say like that, that's kind of why this is the answer to possibly like this big unraveling is I would say my entire life has, I have been, has been predicated on achievement. Mm. Like I want to accomplish this and, and I become very fanatical and obsessed and like, that's how I find my own value. That's how I find happiness and fulfillment is in achievement. And so like, I went in the first year of Miss Kansas, like I'm not expecting to achieve this. I'm going to obviously not, not try, but like, I'm not going gung ho right. uh, of like laser focus. Like this is my goal. So then after that first year, that's when I was like, it's time. Like, this is my, like, this is my goal. Oh, crack this cocaine. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, it was like, no one can stop me. Like I am, I am on this path. Like there wasn't a rice cake. I didn't eat ship. <laughs> there wasn't a day I didn't run, you know, like there wasn't a, a gym workout. I skipped, like, it was like, it was that time. And I think one reason, like I've, I've always been like that in my life is it, it is a level of control. It's like, mm-hmm. if you know, I'm making the decision to want to achieve this. If you know, that's the output the input I can control. I'm mm. going to work harder than everyone. I'm going to be more effective. I'm going to study more, like whatever it is, I can control my hard work and I will outwork anyone. And I've always believed that. And I've always seen that to be true with what I choose to do. And so, OU, it was kind of this unraveling of it's, it wasn't in my control. Like this is like literal mental, physical right. ailment. <laughs> like you can't, you can't fix but this was like a path that I was like, okay, this is now in my control again. And so to answer your question and the, the unraveling is like the second year going in, knowing I, like I said, there wasn't a rice cake I didn't eat. Like I, I had done everything. Mm-hmm. I was in top five the year before. And the next year I didn't make top five, I made only top 10. Oh my and, God. I don't think and, I knew that. Oh, and it was just and it's hard to like at the time I, I I didn't really understand it and I'm sure you know this like stupid like forums like the voice like the voice forums I was just thinking of <laughs> voice forums like, before we recorded this episode. you know like it's the stupidest thing but it's like it does give you confidence where I'd log in every day and it's like everyone is voting that I'm gonna win absolutely and then to have that moment where like I'm like I'm gonna be in top five because I know I put in the work and I know like in relativity, like I know it, it's worth being in the top five. I, what I did last year was nothing. What I've done this year is leaps and bounds oh, better. And to not have it happen was my unraveling. Mm-hmm. It was my unraveling of like, there is no longer control over your input and the output. I worked so much harder. I was better in every way that second year. And I did worse. Mm-hmm. And it was just this, I mean, it took, it was, it was years of unraveling of like, it took years and years and years to just even like come to grips with that. Cause like my entire life, it's like, you can control how much you work, 
how much you work your ass off, what you do that other people aren't doing, like how early you get, you get up, what you're studying. And I did worse. It just became this, like, I don't know, just this, this weird dynamic that I was dealing with internally. And so, so to answer your question after that, I, I pretty much was done with pageants. So I thought I aged out, which makes all of it even worse. Cause like, if I wouldn't have thought I was aging out, I maybe would have had a different perspective, but I, it's like, this was my last chance. And I have to come to grips with this weird reality that like I did worse, even though I put in all this work and then Miss America that year, like changed the rules or whatever, oh, yeah. increase it. But it was like in October or November. And I was like, I, I already know I can't do what I need to in this amount of time. And I was just like spiraling. And so I technically did compete after that one, one other year in Oklahoma, I moved back to Oklahoma, but like to say, like, I could be like, I don't want to say I didn't try, but like, I was just in such a like spiral of why work, like why, like, you know, keep not going out with friends just to like save water weight when you're not even going to make the top five, when you made the top five the year before and you, you did go out with your friends, you know? Yeah. So, So basically like that last year, um, that I ended up in top 10 was like pretty much my last year in pageants mentally. Mm. And it just like ever since then, and it's, it's taken obviously years for me to like look back and realize like, wow, that was such a pivotal moment, but it was, cause it was just like, so why work at all? Like why, yeah. why work hard when these people that didn't, I just shouldn't say these people, like, obviously I respect all of the women I can be with. I just, I just mean like, I, I did more and I achieved less than the year before. And it was right. just really hard reality. I so relate to that. And I think it's, it's worth saying here that I think it's fair, you know, in hindsight, I look back and five years ago, I thought my life ended because I was first runner up to Miss Iowa. And I was so sure that I had put in the work. I knew I worked harder than everybody else. And I think that that is a fair statement to make. Like I knew, I I knew that I had worked harder than any other person that was competing. And I don't say that to be a dick. I don't say that to be, you know, to, or to be like, I'm, you know, like a total narcissist. I don't say that in that sense. I say that because it's the truth. And yeah. I say that because I have evidence to back it up. And I think yeah. in your situation, it's totally fair to say that you worked harder than probably most of the people that you competed with. And, you know, I think like another aspect of it that's so funny to me is especially that year, for some reason, 2017, 2018 was such an interesting time in the Miss America organization because I felt like I had never worked harder in my life than I did in those two years. And I mean, really for anything, like, let's be honest, like I, I worked so hard for those two years and I I'm still waiting to see if there are fruits of my labor <laughs> that like would maybe come after that. Like yeah. I have yet to find something that I was so hell bent on getting that I worked that hard for. And, mm-hmm. and like, I think that's the mind fuck, right? Is that exactly in pageantry, it, it almost feels as though, and for a lot of my friends that I made through pageantry, the less you try the better you do, which, you know, hilarious because then it's like, 
you get into this whole mind fuck with yourself of like, okay, if I just do less this year, if I just be more chill, if I'm the chill girl this year, maybe it'll be my time. And then you don't win. And then you're like, okay, well that didn't work. So now I've got to be the total control freak. And it's like, there is no in between it's total black or white. And that's where I think I've never met a pageant girl who was serious about it, who really wanted it and who was so dedicated to the program and to her, to her mission of becoming a state title holder. I have never met one who wasn't a total and complete fucking control freak. Like I don't have a single friend who I competed with who was not a total fucking nut job when we were competing. Think of the competition we're in. It's this weird archaic thing of the perfect woman from a very long time ago that like we're not competing to be like the DJ at Coachella that like can hang out with everyone and like vibe. Like, like, you know, like think of the competition we're in. You think the chill girl that's like not taking it seriously is like, you know, like it's a weird, like perplexing thing to think of like the competition itself, how it started, how it, a lot of people do view it like very archaic, like just like, yeah, you're not gonna, you would think, the chill girls aren't going to win the competition in which you have to be perfect, like a little doll on a pedestal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. It's mind fucking. It really is. Yeah, it totally is. I, I think about pageants every single day of my life and there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about them in some capacity. And, you know, I think, you know, I'm still working on that. I, I hope to someday not think about them as much as I do now, yeah. but it, it is really like, totally mind-boggling to me that the person I am now even allowed myself to like do the things I did then you know it's it really is just such a mindfuck so you know that sort of brings me to another topic I would love to to talk about with you which is you created a business based off of essentially your time in pageantry if I'm not mistaken so what did you learn from building that business and has it been as kind of a twofold part to this question, like, has it been difficult to sort of separate that part of your identity now that you own a business that is surrounds pageantry in a sense, like talk about that. 100%. 100%, The answer to that is 100%. And so, so just to briefly describe, like I've always been an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur. I was raised by like very innovative, small business entrepreneurs has always been a part of me. Like I was inventing things when I was like 10. I sold school supplies out of my locker in fourth grade. Like (laughs) always been a business girly, like always been inventing, innovating, like entrepreneur. Um, So when I got into pageants, like the first year, I kept seeing that as a problem. It's like people were like, there's nothing to carry our crown and sash in that doesn't pick. Mm. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Tell me more. (laughs) So I started drawing up ideas and I would show them and very long story short, ended up, you know, making it a reality, but you know, it's been almost eight years now. And I like, it's been the, one of the absolute biggest blessings in my life. Like starting that business, I was in college. I was, you know, bootstrapping. I signed up to be an Uber driver. Cause I was like, I'm out of money at this point. Like, and then finally like made a little bit more to keep it going. But like, you know, it's, it's been such, such a blessing, but at the same time, exactly what you're saying. Like now that I am, I just turned 30. I'm married now. I am not involved in pageants. Like I, you know, have tried to compartmentalize a lot of different things in my life. Like 
that is something I really struggle with. It's like to this day, I'm an entrepreneur. I still run that business. I've been starting other businesses, but that one in particular, there is some mental mm. wall almost that doesn't, I'll put it this way. It doesn't feel the same as when I'm working on my other brands. Mm. When I'm working on my other brands, it's this like childlike wonder. It's this excitement. It's this like really raw, like just like very jovial. And every time I'm working on Traveling Miss, I, I'm not saying I don't enjoy it. It's just a different feeling. Yeah. And I would attribute that to like, I'm no longer in this world. It, mm-hmm. You know, like when you're having to like market and advertise and respond to comments and literally deal with people still in that space one-on-one, which I have no, obviously like, like resentment or like, I have no judgment on people could be like, I have a business in this and like, I support them. It's just having been so far removed from my own personal journey, it's, it's not the same as my others. And so I like, to be honest, my goal is to sell that, to sell that Mm -hmm. business, that brand. So if any of your listeners want to buy, if anybody wants to buy the traveling, it can be bought. (laughs) can be bought um but but it's it's not a bad thing it's just like it is it is a different thing of like it's really hard to fully move on yeah with new phases of life when you have to be in the weeds of that industry and the and Mm -hmm. that community regularly and it's not because I don't love them and it's not because I don't you know have any ill will it's just it's really hard to move on when you're like still having to text your ex you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and so much of what I say, you know, my healing journey in terms of working through what I'll describe as the trauma that pageantry caused me, because I think that's what it was. Uh Um, I think so much of that was being afforded the option to have distance between myself and the industry, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and really being able to say, Nope, I'm not going to follow this anymore on Instagram. I'm not going to watch Miss America this year. I'm not going to support this local program. I'm not going to, you know, whatever. I think so much of that, you know, I I recognize my my privilege in that because I know that that's not always the case for people. Some people are so embedded and ingrained in that industry that they don't have that opportunity. So I think for me, that was the distance factor was what made that possible. So I can imagine that without the distance being there, that that would be exponentially harder to like put a block between you and this industry that in some sense, probably, you know, you know, you may have felt, did you wrong in some way or, you know, or like in some capacity, which, you know, I, I could be speculating there, but, but yeah, Yeah. I think that would be incredibly challenging. So I I see the same thing with like, I know a lot of women that can't get away from it. I shouldn't say like, it's not like I'm trying to say can't get away from it. Like it's this like dark cloud, but just people <laughs> that definitely like, pros and cons. Yeah. Yeah. Like people trying to move on that are, you know, our age that are are meeting their spouse that are thinking about having starting a family. Like, you know, it's just a different phase of life. I know a lot of women in that, that like they can't get away from it because they're families. It's like mm-hmm. their mom got them in it and their mom's now on the board of, of oh, yeah. local. And then they, they, oh, their cousin runs that local. And, and, you know, like it just, I, I know a lot of women that I still see really ingrained in it that I know I'm like, I don't think you want to be there. And it's, mm-hmm. I, I think it's because of there's family ties too. And so I would say in that sense, I think you, you and I are fortunate too. Like yeah. I saw this side, but as I said, it can be bought. Um, <laughs> <laughs> family, Another like, plug. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I'm curious to know what you, if any, do you foresee yourself like having a an involvement or relationship with like that world again? I think that's something I'm definitely exploring on my own now because I, I finally went back to I watched Miss Iowa this past summer. I went and, and I saw your I started reading your blog post. And um and it was a really interesting experience. It was very eye-opening, I'll say. And and I think and I think in part relatively cathartic to to a degree. Yeah, um but you know, I think after that I was I was asked to judge a local pageant in Iowa and I was sort of like I was a little skeptical at first. I was sort of like I don't really know if like I am the best <laughs> person for this job. But, you know, I went back and did it and it was like at my alma mater for my, my high school. And, you know, so it was, it was a good experience, you know, but Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely parts of me that are still trying to figure that out for sure. So I'm curious to know if you feel the same. I I haven't thought like very deeply on it, but I do have similar experiences to you where like I, I did a mock interview. Like I got asked from one of my old directors to do a mock interview, like probably now, probably like five months ago. Um, girl actually did very, very well. So I was like, um, but like, like I have, I have no interest in like actively seeking out, like when is Miss Kansas this year? And how do I get tickets and how do I fly? And, but like on on a similar path, like I don't hold any ill will against people Mm -hmm. there. Like, it's like, it's not like I'd be like, man, I really got to like prove to so-and-so that I made it out and they really screwed me or what, you know, like, right. But like, I think one thing that it sounds like probably you and I have in common is I I think one thing I really liked about the, the Miss America program in particular is I loved b- being from a small town in, mm-hmm. well, I don't know if considered the Midwest, but like Oklahoma, Kansas, but like whatever, being a small town where you really feel not only like important, but you f- just really feel involved. Yeah. And I think that's the piece that like, I'm never going to knock. Like the fact that you were asked to judge in your, in your town where right. like you have so many memories, you have so many, you have so many ties of like what made you, you. That's the kind of stuff I love. And, and to be honest, I fell in love with Miss America. It's like someone from Ponca City, Oklahoma, like me, could be Miss America. And, yeah. and it means talking to your local pastors and talking to your local Kiwanis clubs and all these people that think the world of you and you're trying to be the best for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing like I'm never going to knock. Like if if one reason I, I answer the call, like you want to be a mock judge. And it's yeah. like, yeah, because I, I know my director, Tracy, and she's yeah. awesome. And like her and I, you know, like she, she did so much for me and I did, you know, I try to help her out. And so I think there's that piece, but as far as like really getting, getting involved, I have no interest. If someone comes knocking, I will answer. I'd love to help out people that have helped me in the past. But I think that there's that piece that like still is alive in the program that is beautiful. I think that Mm -hmm. is like people from small towns that like, you know, people from like like where we grew up like you don't think you're going to be on Broadway you don't think you're going to yeah. be like in LA you're not going to be like this movie star because you're like at least in my purview like you're from Ponca City like it's going to take a lot for you to get there yeah. and it's just like that that program really made you feel like that was possible mm-hmm. and I think that's the piece that like I do still love to be a part of and and yeah. the reason like I I answer those calls but as far as like actively seeking out 
you know, state programs and like, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know when the national pageant even is really like, I don't right. really, you know, like that kind of stuff, not super in tune with, but I, I think there's remnants of that piece that is really like magical that at least for like small town girls, like there was something there that was very special. Yeah, totally. I talked, I talk about this on, I think it was on a, a previous podcast episode where I did, where it was just a solo episode. And I talked about how, when I was a kid, one of the best parts of being in pageants was that I got to ride in a car on the 4th of July and like wear a crown and wave at kids who like I go to school with, who thought that I was ugly or like, you know, yeah. just this person who was going to do nothing. And you know, and by God, I proved it to them that, you know, like you were something, you were something. Yeah, exactly. It was totally this like very quintessential, like American dream sort of, uh, sort of story that, you know, I think the Miss America organization in particular allows you to sort of think is possible for you, which again, yeah, is, is definitely a part of the magic and the, the, I guess, draw that, that a lot of women have towards it. So it's the girl uh, next door. It is, yeah, it is exactly. the girl next door. And that's always been the, the allure. That's like, you can, you can live next to Miss America in the middle of nowhere. Right. And like, that, like, and it goes both ways. You can be the Miss America that lives next to your normal neighbors that you're used to being next to in normal America, you know, rural America. Right. right. So there, there is that allure there that I, I, I do think it's really special, but I hope they, if it keeps continuing, keep facilitating. Because I think that's yeah. the really like beauty of it is like, it's not, you know, I'm not trying to like slam like Kardashian through the, it's just like, it's not about like full on looks. It's not about full on, you mm-hmm. know, like, like outer anything. It is, yeah. it really, there's a, there's a beauty there that encompasses like, how are you as a community member? Mm-hmm. And like, you can be that person. Yeah. It feels really real. Yeah, definitely. It's like, we still want to make sure you're not a pe- total piece of shit, which I <laughs> I think that's great. Um, so kind of segueing into, you know, other parts of your life, which um, you just had a very big part of your life or big life moment happen. So you recently got married. Um, let's talk about the parallels from pageantry to your wedding day. <laughs> I feel like I could talk about this for years. I talk about it with my therapist basically on the regular. Um, I would love to know if this existed for you on your pageant or on your, on your pageant day. Holy <laughs> fuck, are you kidding me? On your wedding day? <laughs> I'm screaming. Um, I would love to know if that existed for you and just sort of what you maybe were taking in during your wedding day where you were like, hmm, that is reminiscent of that thing I did a while back. Honestly, this probably goes back to being more control freaks than anything. But like, like when I did my wedding day, like it was not like I was like, oh, like take it all. Like it was like, who is where they need to be? And is everything happening? And where is so and so? And why aren't they like it, it? It was not like this like idyllic like. Oh, totally. Yeah. All, like cloud nine. But that's probably more of my personality. But I don't think pageants helped, um, you know, <laughs> lighten that up a little. Um, and I would say like the, the piece that looking back, I didn't realize was such a big tie is the, I, I don't want to use the word performance, but like, is the, like, what are people going to think? Yes. Oh my like, God. Yeah. You know, it's like, if like, I remember having, what was it? It was like, 
like some type of umbrella or um, something where I was like, oh, is that like a, is that like a social norm? Like, are people going to think I'm not like, you know, this like bell that knows like all of the like etiquette and like, I don't remember what it was, but it was something like that where I had like a mini freak out. Cause I was like, are people going to think I'm like this like country bumpkin that like doesn't understand, you know, wedding norms. And yeah. like, there was so, there was so much of that, that is just like, how am I going to present the best version of myself granted for your, at least I, I, I envisioned doing it because I'm like, I want to make my spouse look good. Like, I don't want to look oh. like the country bumpkin because he looks amazing. And I don't want him, them, it, the perception to be that I am not up to par or whatever. But I think like, there's very, very parallel paths with pageants of what are you presenting to the world, whether you know these people or not, or whether you yeah. know them or whether they know you well, and whether you've been able to like really let loose and then get to know you, what are, what are the little things that they will see, not necessarily on a stage, but in, in remnants that is similar to pageants in like, basically how, how can I be most perfect? Yeah. And mm -hmm. It's sure a recipe for like, I don't want to say like not having this is the best day of my life, but just like it, it, there, there's a lot of similar paths. That's like, it makes it real hard to like sit back and be like, what a beautiful, beautiful moment and day when exactly. all you're about is what are, what's everyone else going to think of me mm -hmm. with what I have put together here. Right. Yeah, totally. I remember telling my therapist shortly after we got married that it was in fact not the best day of my life and the and really the the only reason i say that is because i mean of course we had a beautiful day it was lovely i enjoyed basically every moment of it you know yeah. what i didn't enjoy was the crippling anxiety that i had before i mean i almost i damn near had a panic attack before i walked yep. down the aisle my spouse and i did not do a first look which i regret Me neither immensely oh my god it sucks it's we did a first touch we did a first touch we i didn't wish see that we had done something that was yeah. like a first anything yeah um because i think like what to your point so much of a wedding actually is a performance it i i i always say to people you know there i've had a few people who have said to me well your wedding's not like a uh you know a big spectacle you're putting on or whatever. And I go, actually, that's exactly what the fuck it is. And yeah. if you're talking to anybody who says differently, they weren't the bride. Like they literally weren't the bride. <laughs> that is and they also are probably the people that said something shitty about exactly. your wedding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see those programs, they're only one-sided. Yeah. 100%. And like, so I think that, I mean, I just got so nervous before we walked down the aisle. I, I remember my dad, like looking at me and was like, take a deep breath. Like, cause I was like, I was shaking. I was like breathing shallow. I was like, I was pacing in this room that I had to wait in upstairs, just like doing laps yep. because I was so nervous and not even nervous to see Ty or, or walk down the aisle or like was not nervous at all for, you know, the impending marriage I'm walking into. <laughs> like, which is, yeah. The thing that, you know, most people would probably shitting their pants over. No, I was freaking out because I wanted to be sure that all 225 people there thought that I was the prettiest, best version of myself. Skinniest. Uh, uh, yep. Skinniest. Every, every place. Yep. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like no lipstick on your teeth. Yep. Totally. And like, just that I looked like 
I was a perfect Barbie that had just walked out of this, like, you know, fucking machine that made me like, I was so nervous that, and, and one thing that I, I laugh about now, but I was really, really super self-conscious about right after our wedding was that my face was so puffy because I had just been drinking all week, essentially. <laughs> like we had like a welcome party on Thursday. We got shit faced at that. Friday was the rehearsal, but my friend from Miami was in town. So like we got toasted <laughs> that night. Like, you know, so I was just like drunk for like three days, which yeah. it was so fun, but it was like, I had the puffiest face of my life. I could not ice roll that shit away. Yeah. And I was so hungover. Like I like Our by the hills won't do oh, it. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. By the time Sunday rolled around, I was like, I'm this is never going to end, this hangover. Like, but it was, you know, I'm so glad that I had something that, like in hindsight, I'm so glad that I had something that was like objectively not perfect. Because I think the rest of the day was like very, very well. Like everything, nothing went wrong really. Like there was a everything was pretty good. Um, and I think having that sort of moment where I looked at pictures of myself and was like, oh, maybe I wasn't like the best version of myself really helped to put the entire thing into perspective for me and be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't give it as much weight as I had given it, you know, for all of the months and years leading up to it, which is obviously hard to do as a woman. But, you know, I think that that just made a difference to not have to be like, oh, I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket of this day being the best of my entire life. And now from here, yeah. it's all downhill, you know? So, yeah. I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I have felt very similar things to exactly what you're yeah. saying, where it's like, I see pictures like, I, so we get our pictures back and like, there's so many pictures where I'm like, I look like such a bitch. <laughs> like I look so mad, you know, like, like so many. And like, there's just so many things where I'm like, I was just trying, like, like it's okay you know like yeah it's okay like it doesn't have to be this like like in same situation with yours there was there was no rain there was no like oh you beat texas that day which was the biggest thing i was concerned about like there's a number of things that like could have gone wrong did not go wrong and it was just like i was in my own head for a lot of the day and then after the ceremony which interestingly enough just like you it's like funny that like the most monumental part of that day was the easiest for you which is like yeah. oh, I be my husband you yeah. know like I like be registered in the county of deeds that like we are literally married and we yeah. file joint taxes now like that was the easiest part right exactly <laughs> and lot, telling. But, yeah yeah but I'm so glad you said this because there's there's so many so many paths that are similar to me which is just like and it's like you can't even really look back and be like man I wish I would have chilled out because it's like that's not necessarily me. Like, yeah, like we, we have these life situations that like, didn't really, like if we wanted to chill out, we would have eloped. <laughs> like, 100%. Yeah. I'm not really like a chill person. I don't know yeah. if anybody's no. that at this point, but like, I'm not really a, like a chillaxed girl. Like I, yeah, that's why we didn't win. Chronic anxiety. <laughs> yeah, so. That's why we didn't win our states. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to tell everybody that now. <laughs> that's why we would have been a chill girl. We would have been Miss Island, Miss Kansas. Exactly. I would have had to go to Miss America as a chill girl. Right? <laughs> Amazing. So <clears throat> I want to kind of, I want to kind of switch gears um, into less pageantry content um, because there's another side of you that I want to give space and, and talk about, which is, and this side I think is just like the coolest thing ever, 
So you work in the world of e-commerce and you have for many years and you have several of your own businesses. Talk about like just the general gist of building those businesses, what that's been like for you. Um, Also, did you, are you still a part of corporate America technically? Thank God. I'm a recovering corporate American. Okay. That's what I thought because of your podcast name. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) That was my own personal therapy. Yeah. Yes. So I'd love to know kind of how your businesses maybe prompted the exit of, of corporate America. Yeah. So basically I had my, I had my one business, the traveling mess for like, like when I was, I started when I was 21 and as I said, like had quite the like big life shakeup when I was like, wow, hard work no longer means anything. And that's just a general assumption of my own right. worldview. That's not I get reality. It. <laughs> like, you know, and so I was dealing with this weird situation. And and to be honest, there was a big um pressure, not necessarily exactly for my family, but like people that are like, look, you have a successful business, but health insurance. Mm-hmm. And you're only on ours until you're like 26 and you need to start figuring stuff out. And I was like, man, like I thought I was doing well. And it was just, it was almost like insult to injury. It's like, okay, I can't can't win the pageant. I thought I was. And then on top of that, I am not doing as well as I thought I was. And so anyways, I, I I learned a lot of e-commerce skills starting my own business. And so that actually got me into the corporate world is I still had that business. It was doing well, all of that, but I basically felt like this need from external pressure, like, it's not going to be enough. And mm-hmm. so I started going into corporate. Absolutely fucking hated it immediately. <laughs> immediately felt like a soulless terror. Like I was just like, how do people live their life in these situations? Like this is the saddest thing I've ever, like it was just the biggest shakeup yeah. ever. And I hated every second of it on top of the prevailing, like flailing, like who am I? What do I do? Like everything I've known about myself is not real. Like, on yeah. top of this like self-identity crisis and ended up like going through a few different places and then um got to the, my one of my re- most recent places that actually started to kind of bring that piece of me back almost like I got my mojo back mm-hmm. where it did it was like this perfect set of environment at the time that did start to be like you are valued you're bringing valuable things to the table we want to hear what you have to say we want to give you more responsibility. And it did start to like, almost like foster back. Okay. This is like the Carrie Ann I always was and ended up working my way up to like, I started as a manager, like second from the bottom and ended up becoming a vice president at that company when I was 26, had a team of over 50, most much more experienced, much like in every way, shape or form, better resumes, like deserved to be there. And for whatever reason, I was in this position. And I feel like at that point, my worldview started to change in the sense of like, okay, I got my mojo back in the sense of, I now know if I really work hard, I can achieve this and I'll I'll outwork anyone. Like I was on my laptop till 2 a.m. I was there at the office at like 5.30, wouldn't leave till eight. Like I was, I was like, I'll outwork anyone. But my worldview really started to change that moment, especially getting more people on my team of like values. Because like I I grew up in a very small small business. My dad like had a forty person operation, like American manufacturer, pouring metal into molds, like American yeah. factory. Not a single person in his building had a college degree, and it, it was just very old, like old school in a good way. Of like 
you treat your salespeople well, you treat your people well. Like my dad's biggest thing was his biggest cost was health insurance way before Obamacare. So that yeah. was like before anyone was even making him do anything. Mm-hmm. He was like, I got to prioritize people that don't have college degrees. Lots of them he hired from like the halfway house that no one else would. Mm-hmm. Like those type of people my dad believed in. And so at that point, when I started rising corporate, it, it, it became this crisis of values. Mm. Like you see how they treat people. You see how just like the, the carelessness in lots of decisions, yeah. not only people, but like a lot of stuff I've seen, I'm like, this isn't how you would run a small business because you can't afford to like, right. There's so, there was so much of it that just started to weigh on me. And I found a lot of like shelter in, in protecting my team where I was like, I'm going to be like the shield from this chaos. Like yeah. I'm going to be the one that like fosters a good environment and, and a team and I hope I did that. I, I'm still very close with most of my team, but like there was that that side that like really opened my eyes into first corporate is not the place for me. Yeah. It is not the place for me. It does not agree with anything I, I think I believe in. And it's just not, it's not meant for me. Like I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. And so it's really at that moment, a few years ago, like right in the middle or right after COVID, I would say that I was like, I'm an entrepreneur. I've always been an entrepreneur. I don't agree with this. And it's time to like do that. Mm-hmm. And you're, I'm going to make a lot less money. I'm going to have to pay for my health insurance. Yeah. All the things that like I've never had to do in the last handful of years, I'm going to have to do. And like, I, it, 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 I need to do it. And so, I mean, it, it, it hasn't been easy, like by any means. Yeah. Good God. Like it just feels like I'm, coming into my own skin mm. and I'm like starting to like feel that like happiness and like childlike wonder of like being an entrepreneur again that just like it's like this is where I'm meant to be this is where I'm meant to be and my goal is like I'm like I'm trying to just keep doing this to hire a team yeah I'm like, this is what makes me like passionate is like I want to get to a place that I'm in such a good place I can start hiring people like my old team back it's like, wow. hey, we're creating a place that doesn't suck, mm-hmm. that like can make money. You can be profitable. You can do all these things and still support people and foster great relationships and, you know, not be soulless and terrible. And yeah. so I don't know if that answers your question entirely, but like, like that's the path I'm on now. I, I So I just launched a uh, new brand like four months now ago. Uh, called Kitten Canvas, and it's a paint by numbers for adults. Oh, um, amazing! And yeah. I don't, I don't even remember exactly the moment that I came into it, but somehow I started realizing like this is some, an opportunity that I was interested in, and I bought some samples, and I took it home, and I, I was doing it one night. I was painting my adult by numbers or <laughs> paint by numbers for adults, and it was so therapeutic. Yeah. And so then I fell in this journey of like. Oh my gosh, there's so much mental health benefits for people for adults. Yeah. Like, it gives you this relief for like however long you want to do it for. Yeah. It's like you don't have to think about anything. You don't have to mm-hmm. think about yourself. And not in a selfish way. I mean, like when you even when you go to therapy, you're having to think about yourself and your That's future and your you know, your relationships. You don't have to think about yourself. You don't have to think about their bill. Like it gives you one thing to focus on and it just it for and I'm speaking for myself personally. Like I was like, man, this could do 
some real good yeah. for people that want to just turn their brain off for like a second. Yeah. And so that's my new brand. So long story short, still have traveling mess. I have kitten canvas now, which I'm loving. Like I said, it's just like this, like childlike wonder. Like it's, it's just, it's really, it's really like invigorating to have this other brand that I've been starting that like, it almost feels like a culmination of like all of my experiences in the last few years of like, yeah. can help someone in corporate that like, is in a shitty situation yeah. home and just like, get, get away from it. It's like, totally. It, it just feels purposeful. And I just, I'm really, I'm really excited about this. Oh, that's amazing. I love that. I'll have to uh, go and buy one because I, my latest thing is that, well, first of all, I buy anything that promises some kind of like mental health relief <laughs> because I too am in, I'm in corporate America and I fucking hate it. It is the most soul sucking, like just mind fucking awful place on the planet. Um, I can't wait to get out of it. I, <laughs> that's a whole other topic for another day, but I haven't but, met a single person that's like, man, I love you. Yeah, you're no, totally. And you know what? I haven't met, I should, I'm going to add to that. I haven't met a single person I like who is like, I love corporate America. And I'm like, I'm really content. Like it's a fine company. You're like, it's not a fine company, you asshole. Like, like none of them are really. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, but I recently bought one of those, it's called paint gem and it's like the gem (laughs) painting. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, holy shit, it is so like fantastic. It. And yeah. it reminds me a lot of when I was younger, we would, um, because my, I grew up at, at a time where like my family didn't really have a ton of money at the time. And like, we were very much, I mean, I shouldn't say like, we weren't like, you know, at the poverty line or anything, but like, we were definitely like kind of bootstrapping it through yeah. the baton competitions and all the shit that I was doing. It's probably why you know, we were not having a ton of money. Um, and so my mom and I would always stone my baton costumes by hand because oh, cool. it was like exponentially more expensive if you oh, stupid the company to do it. Yeah. So we would just do it by hand. And it reminded me so much of that. And I was like, shit, that was so therapeutic. I totally huh? forgot about that. So, so I love that. That's amazing. It, it gives uh, you exactly what, like it's, it, and one thing I keep coming back to is I've been like working on like what the brand stands for is like, what the phrase that keeps coming to mind is like, you have everything you need to succeed. Mm. You know, count, you know how to match a number to a number and you have Damn. hands mm-hmm. and a brain that works like that. You have, like, you don't need lessons. You don't need a subscription. You don't need Wi-Fi. You don't need yeah. like, like you have everything you need to be happy in this moment. And yeah. it's just focus with skills you already have. So it, it reminds me of like, like it's, it's, it, it sounds simplistic, but it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So last question for you, and then we'll move into the world war world peace section, but I'm curious to know as somebody who's left corporate America and you were incredibly successful in it, like, so you could have stayed if you wanted, but you chose to, you made this very conscious decision based on values to leave. If you were to come in contact with somebody, and I'm asking this selfishly, purely, (laughs) if you were to come into contact with somebody who's like, I want out, like how I I have to get out of corporate America. What is your like gut reaction to, to that? Your first piece of advice that you're going to tell them. I don't want to sound pessimistic, but it's, it's, there is not really an answer. Like Mm -hmm. 
Unfortunately, like, wow. and that's, that's one reason I'm so passionate about trying to start a new model that makes a lot of sense. Um, there's not, there's not the easiest answer. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I would say if, if there are people like that, which is so many people yeah, taking a look at your local businesses, small to medium sized businesses. And if you are okay, if your family is in a situation to be okay, taking a pay cut, Mm -hmm. looking at jobs that most people like you and I that went to college that were told like college is the way to for for life and you gotta have your resume whatever looking at jobs that don't have an impressive title don't maybe seem beneath you whatever like like your local receptionist at a local uh um, accountant firm Mm -hmm. like to be honest at, at this point in in life I would say that is my that is my answer is because mm-hmm. they're not the clearest of answers. Like, even if you want to be an entrepreneur, you got to have a lot of money. It's yeah. really hard to bootstrap, especially if you have a family. Yeah. It, like it, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it, it's, it's not going to be over. It's not going to be quick at all. It's going right. to be, it's going to be grueling in a financial position. Like it, it, it's a lot of, it's, it's really, it's really difficult. And I'm even speaking from that right, right now, like yeah. even just breaking even is hard. Mm-hmm. And so I would say like people that, Cause I, I talk to a lot of people like this that are just like, man, I got to get out of corporate. And it's like, the more you can be in a place that isn't soulless. Mm-hmm. And so it's people in your community, you know, that are not shitty mm-hmm. that don't have a gajillion employees where they know no one's name, people, li- local places, local accounting firms, local law firms, local dentists. Like if, if you want to be happy, that's not corporate, like, Check your ego at the door. Yeah. And be okay being a receptionist. Be okay being like the dog kennel person at your local humane society. And if you're if you're in a position to be able to take a pay cut, like that's likely gonna have to come with it. But like it is like small to medium businesses is where you should look and be open to whatever. Because yeah. it, it's the people, it's the multinational corporations, it's the private equity, it's like you, you hear brands nowadays that sound like household brands. They're owned by these stupid, large companies that are just trying to flip it. Like, right. And it's like, if, if, if that's the problem, unfortunately at this point, I would say the answer is like, try to find something, check your ego at the door. Yeah. That is not, that is like a small <laughs> local, local presence. Like, yeah. and, and take what you can get, like a job, just a job. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's the thing that corporate helps you realize is like, you're not solving world hunger working yeah. for anyone, unless you're working for a nonprofit, <laughs> like, you know, like yeah, so, totally. it's a job's a job. Like if you need to clean out kennels for nine hours a day and it, you can make like 10% less than you're making now and you know, your boss and your boss's boss, and that's the only people in the company, like, yeah, it may not be a terrible gig. Yeah. Mm, I love that. That's such a that's good, such a good- that's such a realistic piece of advice because I think so many people are under the impression that, well, A, that entrepreneurship is easy and it's not, it is the, it is far from it. Um, and I think another thing people are under the impression of is that like corporate America does a really, really good job of selling a, a dream or selling a vision of a life. Yeah. Of a life that that is different or that is, you know, luxurious or whatever. Yeah. And like, I think what, what I've come to realize is 
you know, when I remember when I first got into the tech industry, I was like, I have fucking made it. Like I was so excited. Oh my God. I, I thought I was just like the beast. Yeah. And I was like, I've got this dope salary. I've got health insurance. I've got a 401k. Yeah. I've got, they gave me an office stipend. They paid for my fucking like walking pad. I thought it was like the dopest shit of all time. And then I remember at this, at, at the first tech company I worked for, I was, I was a lot, I was very young. I was like, I don't know, 26 maybe or something. And I had, I I went to Atlanta for a work conference and it was my first ever like big kid conference. Like I had never been to one before. And I, um, I ended up writing a blog post about it because it was so jarring. Like the entire experience was so miserable and made me realize that no one is protecting you. Nobody really has your back in the corporate world. Um, and it, it also, also made me leave that job. Like it was, I got absolutely toasted one night at this conference. And cause they're, <laughs> by the way, cause they're feeding you booze yeah. like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's part of you it are everywhere. Yeah. And then I remember we get, we got back and nothing happened, you know, like I didn't, you know, I wasn't, I didn't put myself in danger. I didn't put anybody else in danger, whatever. And we got back and I remember my boss at the time, the VP of sales of this company, she, she had a one-on-one with me and she was like, you might just want to like watch it next time and maybe like consider, you know, how much booze you're having. And I was like, why didn't you say that though? Like, I know that this conversation is not happening with any of the men that were at this event. I know it's not because I asked them like, you know, so, so I think for me, it was like, that was a a really pivotal moment where I was like, okay, this is fucked up. And then I just kind of kept having those moments of being like, this Uh is fucked up. This is fucked up like over and over again Uh until now I'm at the point where like, I feel like I could step into a one-on-one with my boss and like just flip my desk at any given moment and be like, I'm fucking leaving. Like, you know, like it's just, you reach a point where you are so done that you don't even care if you get fired. You almost want them to. You're like, exactly. Yeah. Like, give me (laughs) some Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I'm going to need that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny to me that like, we all get to that point where we're like, yes, corporate America, this is so exciting. Tech companies, Silicon Valley, can't wait. Love it. And then by the end Dang of it, it, we're like, fuck this, man. I will go yep. work at the vet down the street. Seriously. Like I will be a barista again. I don't care. <laughs> so. it's, it's exactly how it goes. Like the number yeah. of like, I have a number of hairdresser friends and I'm like, you are living the fucking life. Yes. You, you are so happy. You make your own hours. You don't have 50 grand in student loans, like mm-hmm. beautiful, like, like yeah. digital assistance, like, like the, there's welders, like you can name for hours, the people yeah. that, like that for our generation growing up, you were told like, that's not success. Mm-hmm. And I'm here to say like, that is success. Like, 100%. They are the ones that got it right. And it, and it was because they didn't listen to other people, maybe, but like that they're getting it right. And mm-hmm. most. People are getting it wrong thinking like corporate is what what is success and it turns mm-hmm. out like this weird black mirror situation where you're like oh no like corporate is the worst and literally I've been working my whole life to get in this moment when yeah. I could do something else that 
maybe doesn't have prestige in yeah. our society, but will make me a lot happier and most likely more money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's, not, it's so nuts. Um, it None of this is real. It's all fake. Know, right? people, like everything's a simulation. Um, okay. Amazing. So let's do a little round of world war, world peace. So uh, for those listening who don't know what this section is, it is a section of the show based off of, you guessed it, experiences in pageantry, world peace, name of the show. You can put all of that together. And I bring topics to the person who I'm interviewing, who um, the topics are, they relate to the person that I'm interviewing. And we decide if they are world war or world peace, if they're conducive to world war or world peace. Okay. So the first one. <laughs> I literally just like had to laugh when I was writing this down. Miss America 2.0. World War. Easy. Like, I don't even have to think. Two seconds. That was the quickest answer to any segment I've ever done. Because it's it's over, right? Like, we're past that, right? It's we're done, cool. right? Like, yeah. We're past that, right? Giving like, it a few more years. And... about it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Hard world war. I'm sorry. I shouldn't. I'm not, not going to apologize. I'm not going to say sorry, Gretchen Carlson. Yeah, no. Like, no, it sucked. It was terrible. Yeah. It was, it was a terrible, terrible decision. You thought you were doing well and it did not work in any way, shape or form. Also it like throwback to, throw to Gretchen Carlson. I, I wrote down in this document, it says Gretchen, what's her face? I couldn't remember her last <laughs> name. Um, oh my God. What a throwback though. I remember being so fucking lit when she became the the, i I was was so excited excited, dude i was so excited and then i was like whoa this woman's so fucking scary like such a light like i was saying i was like i was ready to rally and then just oh failure after like uh, let's start here anytime you have to say your brand and then 2.0 says you're not doing a good job Yes, says the brand is dead. You have to spell out two dot zero. You're not winning. Like, right? It's not a rebrand if you're just saying like, "Hey, it's the Miss America rebrand." Yeah, right. You're already not doing a good job. Yeah, big fail, fail, fail. Oh my god, amazing. Um, love that. Love that we can agree on the the two point oh not being uh not being the bre- best branding decision that Miss America's yeah. made. Yeah. Okay. Second one is, um, Alibaba. Ooh, uh, An e-com. Yeah. I'm going to go, I'm going to go by the way, for people who don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go world peace for now, <laughs> just because it's the best solution option for now. Mm-hmm. Like it's, there are so many flaws with it. I could go on and on and on about it, but it does serve the purpose mm-hmm. for today and until someone else does it better which i hope someone does for sure i'm a world peace for now there's tons of problems i could i could talk about it for a very long time but for now it, it does serve a purpose amazing okay and um i've technically got two more like well i technically only have one more but i want to ask you a, a fourth one so the next one is um we touched on it earlier voy forums i literally some one of my girlfriends mentioned voy on her close friend story on instagram today and i had forgotten all about it i was like holy shit i forgot that i used to spend an egregious amount oh, of time right. on on voy forums i spent hide. So... and then you would hide that you actually looked at you're like no one can see i actually look at these 100 i would clear it from my browser yep. and delete the browser history yep, yep. oh my oh, god wait, i've never heard of it huh 
I don't know what no, exactly. is. Or or I would be like, I'm not I'm not watching Voy. I'm not looking at Voy and seeing like oh. during Miss Iowa week when sure as fuck I was looking to see what of people were saying. Every Insane. Okay, so what are our thoughts? Oh man, this one's also hard because like you know what? I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have a hot take here. I'm gonna have a hot take here. And I'm gonna say world peace. I love- you know why? Because it's like it's like not that like pageants is sports, but like you know, if you're competitors like us, you want to know what the pundits are saying about your mm-hmm. skills and your performance. Mm-hmm. And so I, this is going to be a hot take. It's obviously breed for bullying. And and make no mistake, it does. There is a line of like, you can never create an account and post as like right. one of us. Yeah. Other people have to do. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I, I'm actually going to go world peace in the sense of like, when you were working hard and people, and granted, they would also rip you apart as well like you hear your eyebrows are not whatever but or like you have like I don't know, terrible stuff nonetheless yeah. I would say I'm actually gonna have a hot take here I'm gonna say it was world peace in the sense of like it did validate your hard work at the time 100 yeah I totally agree yeah I I like that take because you know I I totally understand that people who get online and have like keyboard courage and like hide behind their screen and are like, you know, so-and-so's bathing suit was up her ass. Like when they're like, you know, when they're the ones who are like, you know, just huge pieces of shit, like, you know, whatever. And your, your entire body and your. Yeah. And people are just talking shit about, you know, and they've done nothing in their community and nothing to like make themselves maybe a better person in some regard. And, and so I never want to condone like that behavior, right? Of being very, very true. Okay. You know, there's nothing admirable about what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, exactly. It's the same how I feel about like Reddit boards and stuff because like I feel like people on Reddit are insane. Like they just like, especially like the pop culture like threads on Reddit where people talk yeah. about celebrities and like, you know, shit like that, whatever. Yeah. So I'm never going to condone that. However, I will say, I agree with you that when you are a competitor and you are, you know, really wanting to understand where other people's heads are at about who they think is going to win and who therefore the judges might think is going to win. Yeah. I loved that shit. I loved validation. I I loved being able to see people's top five predictions. I loved being able, like, because back in the day, let's be honest, Miss America was a fucking sport. It was, it was. for yeah. a lot of people. And it may not be now to the same degree that it was then, but oh my God, the golden years of like 20, I don't know, 2018, like all the way to yeah. Yeah. like, mm-hmm. the, like oh, oh yeah, eight, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Those were like the golden years of Miss yep. America. It was, we had the internet. <laughs> and, oh my god it was fucking awesome we had the internet chris harrison we had chris harrison still yeah we had chris harrison we had like the inception of social media becoming kind of a part of you know the miss america forte and like you know savvy mm-hmm. shields coming in and mallory hagan and like all these dope ass yeah. people who were becoming yeah. america and like void during that time was the fucking best it It was was so so (laughs) it was so it was it was it's almost like reminiscent of like the early ages of like like our generation coming into the internet of like yes you're you know logging on to like your myspace aol like yeah like it was it, it was very reminiscent of like that nostalgic like early internet yes culture yeah that like 
definitely had toxicity to it, but like was still like addicting. And, like, yeah, for sure. Like for a sure. joy to like pull up, you know? Yeah, but, totally. So. Okay. I would love to know, lastly, this is just kind of like off the cuff. I'm just curious. What are your thoughts on Miss USA now? Like now that they've, I feel like Miss USA is like kind of taking a turn for the better. Like they're definitely being like more inclusive. They're doing, mm-hmm. you know, I I think trans women are allowed to compete, which mm-hmm. is amazing. They are, they seem to be more inclusive of like other body types, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you think that like Miss USA is still an outdated concept in terms of like, what it represents and do you think that they're just trying to be like Miss America like what Miss America was essentially so I will say I'm not like the most versed in Mm -hmm. like totally because I know like ownership has changed hands on Mm -hmm. both sides like so I I I don't I'm not the most informed but I will say like the outside little remnants I get it like I'm trying to remember what year it was I want to say it was um actually Chesley Chris year, maybe, maybe the year before. Oh yeah. Was that like 2017? Maybe it was, it was probably around there. Um, I do remember watching the national competition and I remember thinking they get it. Yeah. They get like the modern woman Mm -hmm. and how you brand like this celebrity and how it can be both, uh, beautiful and intelligent and confident and like a story to it. Like I remember whatever year and it might've not been that exact year, but it was somewhere around there. I remember watching it and being like, this is if Miss America had people that really were in tune with today and yeah. like branding and marketing and running a business that, that is like, I remember thinking like, man, they're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like they, they've from the little I get there, they seem to kind of be on that path. And like you said, I, I do keep hearing about how they're like way more inclusive I will say, speaking as a five foot, five foot, two and a half woman, I always was in the camp of like, Miss USA is cool and all. And like, I, I even remember that year being like, man, they're really getting the message. But still, it's like, I I could never be Miss USA. Like, mm. I could never be Miss USA. And I'm not a supermodel. Like, I'm like, there's a difference between like being like model. Yeah. And being like a role model, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, totally. And- yeah. I feel like Miss America has always been like you. Anyone can be not anyone, but like generally, like you can be a role model. Yeah, and you exactly. don't have to be this like very, very, very rarity of your looks in your yeah. height, in your face, in your haircut, like everything that is like you're gonna get a modeling contract. It's like I knew the second I was born that was never gonna be me. Right. And so I do feel like, and this is just selfishly, like I do feel like for them to get to that level that makes me feel like, wow, it's that like, that really wholesome, good stuff I want to keep watching and supporting is like, okay, I don't have to be born looking a certain way. Mm. And that's all it comes. It's just like, my parents don't have to be however tall. Yeah. My face have to be as symmetric as it is. Like right. I don't have to whatever eye color. I don't have to like, I think what would really make me feel like they've turned a new leaf is watching it and thinking like this person in an everyday situation wouldn't get a modeling contract mm. with a big name you know big yeah. name brand and they wouldn't be a victoria's secret model right but they can now be miss usa i feel like that's the piece that like i selfishly i would love to see but just outside looking in i would say they've it seems like have been doing a good job of yeah. doing a good job of of making it modern 
yeah. in a way that resonates with people that doesn't feel archaic and outdated in like you're just prancing around in a bikini and like that's right. not you know progressive they I think they did a good job of of that fine line from like the most recent years I've seen but I like I said outside looking in but everything no, I did totally. recently it looked it looked promising yeah I think you you hit the nail on the head it's like Miss USA for so many years. And again, I'm kind of like pretty removed from it. I competed one time in the Miss USA system and it was so interesting because everyone, regardless of like hair color, skin color, body type, everybody kind of had the same look to them. You know what I mean? Like it was really interesting. Like everybody kind of looked the same. Like They all did their hair the same way. They Mm -hmm. all did their makeup the same way. It was like they all got walking lessons from the same person. So bizarre. And then everybody had those um, those fucking clonky hoof looking Chinese laundry heels. Chinese laundry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, Uh I can't believe I still have mine. And I'm like, me too. (laughs) What the fuck am I gonna do with these things? Like nobody's gonna buy these for me. Like no one wears these anymore. (laughs) So yeah, it was like. They all wore those and then everybody had like, you know, the most expensive like McDougal suit or whatever, yeah. for, you know, but it was always like a low V suit in the front and yeah. like a sexy interview outfit. You were like, you what the fuck is going interview. on? Yeah. yeah. It was so bizarre. So anyway, yeah, I just think you definitely, yeah, hit that correctly. Like if, if they all didn't look the same, I would be yeah. more inclined to believe that we were on the right path with, yeah. with something there. Like It reminds me of this quote, uh, there's this John Mayer quote, and I'm going to get it wrong, but it's like essentially like people that like, it's just, it's just being pretty. It's like, oh, congrats for being born the way you are. Yeah, exactly. And not that like, like, like if you're a beautiful woman, like that's amazing. Like try to get, <laughs> you can't have that, but like it just, it, it does feel like that competition in, in my mind was always like congrats for being born yeah for sure for sure instead of like miss america felt like congrats for like working in your community and mm-hmm. working your ass off at like a talent or whatever yeah. and i'm painting with a very broad brush here so make yeah. no mistake I'm painting with, I, I respect people on both sides and like i said i definitely see it moving in a uh, very modern way with miss usa it's just sure. that growing up i would say i never thought i could ever be miss usa because yeah congrats for being born yeah Miss America it's like you can work to be Miss America right exactly yeah there there are tangible changes you can make in your life to become Miss America whereas Miss USA it's sort of like you either have it or you don't well yeah you're shit out of luck if you're ugly you know exactly (laughs) what are you doing here for sure oh Carrie Ann thank you so much for joining me and for being here I loved chatting with you again and just ta- just gabbing about pageants and shit. I love it. Um, before we wrap up, tell everybody where they can find you. Instagram, website, plug your new brand, all, yeah. the, all the shit. Yeah. Plug it now. I'm open to free promotion. Heck yeah, let's go. Uh, <laughs> well, my own personal stuff is just like Carrie Ann Cash, C-A-R-I-A-N-N-E Cash. Um, but if anyone is interested in paid by numbers for adults, uh, Kit and Canvas, that's K-I-T and Canvas on Amazon uh, is my new brand. So definitely appreciate anyone supporting. Like I said, speaking for myself, very therapeutic been having a grand old time with it but um yeah either way just like to connect with everyone amazing oh thank you so much for being here thank you for having me this is so fun very therapeutic it's great i love it 